Gosh Pods, pediatric educational podcast series from Great Ormond Street Hospital. Gosh Pods are brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Welcome to another exciting podcast stream on research. Um, and this is going to be a whole new series that we're going to be doing. Um, today we have the amazing Deirdre Layden here. Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself in a moment, but Deirdre works for GOSH in the Biomedical Research Centre and Clinical Research Facility and Institute of Child Health. Um, and today we're going to be talking about PPIE, which I'm not going to explain what it is because I'm going to let Deirdre do the reveal for that. Um, so we're going to have a small chat about that and then summarise it at the end. So welcome, Deirdre. And if you could just tell us a little bit about what you do at GOSH, that would be fantastic. Yes, of course. Morning, Sarah. Thanks very much um, for giving me this opportunity uh, today to speak um, to everybody about PPIE. So I am the PPIE lead, um, as you said, for the GOSH Biomedical Research Centre, the Clinical Research Facility in the Institute of Child Health. Um, to briefly explain my role, I help uh, researchers navigate their PPIE plans, either early stage research or for funding applications, for example, the NIHR Clinical Doctoral Fellowship. And I also run patient and public involvement. So that's sort of giving away the title, um, advisory groups, uh, the YPAG and the parent care advisory group, but more about them, I think later on. I also coordinate um, patient and public uh, research events such as the Rare Disease Day and International Clinical Trials Day. Fantastic. That's a really significant workload that you've got there. <laughs> So just in case um, people didn't catch it in the, uh, in the introduction there, what does PPIE in research actually stand for? Um, I know there's so many acronyms in the NHS, um, so it's always important to explain them. And um, why do people get confused about it? Absolutely, yes. So PPIE um, stands for Patient and Public Involvement and Engagement. Um, and it should really be full circle from start to finish. And it's not a one size fits all approach. I know it's easy to get confused. Um, and I know that some people possibly now thinking post pandemic of personal protective equipment, PPE, or before it was recouping money from payment protection insurance or PPI. But also people get confused also between what is involvement and what is engagement. So hopefully I can explain all of this in this podcast. So in the context of research at GOSH and ICH, Patients are the children and young people who use GOSH services or in other hospitals. And the public can be seen as the parents and carers or the professionals who are supporting these children and young people. So not patients, but with an interest in medicine, science, or a sibling of a patient. And in terms of the young person's advisory group that I run, they can be just young, interested members of the public who really have an interest in medicine and science and want to get involved um, in research at GOSH. So there's also the argument of involvement versus participation and involvement um, versus service evaluation. So there is clear distinctions between the two and sometimes people get a little bit confused, which is understandable. So involvement is working in partnership with patients and the public throughout the research process. So I don't know if people have heard the, the wording, no research about me without me um, idea. And participation is where a patient is actively taking part in a research trial or study. So examples of that would be completing a questionnaire that would feed into research findings or taking part, actually participating in a research trial or study as part of or in addition to um, the patient's routine clinical care. 
and in terms of um, so you can tell that participation is not involvement and it's also not service evaluation, which is looking at how to make improvements to a service offered to patients. And this is more in line with the patient experience, although, of course, the patient experience and their views is at the heart of their involvement in research. But there is a whole team dedicated to patient experience at GOSH, and I do work with them also. So quite a lot to take in. But um, essentially, yes, involvement is not participation and it's not it's not service evaluation. Could you tell us a few examples then of how to get involved in research? Of course, yes. So now that we've cleared up any um, confusion, um, some examples of patient and public involvement would be um, at the very beginning of, of, of the research. So helping to think about the initial research question, for example, um, and importantly, is the research of benefit to patients or the public? So we think about the child first and always messaging. Is it clear what the benefit will be and how does the question make sense? Do patients want this research or do they want research done in other areas? And this can start with a simple conversation or a telephone conversation. It doesn't have to be anything too complicated, but it's um, the idea of having that initial conversation with patients about your research. And then moving on through the process, um, it can be around helping to plan and the research design and protocol. And this can be over the life cycle of the research project and can take on different methods um, to do this. But I think we're going to talk about that further on in another podcast. So will the patient in your research understand what you want to do? Have you given them the right information to decide if they want to take part in your research? Is your research plan suitable for the patient? So this is thinking about the patient within your research and you can go out to the young person's advisory group or to people involved in services to have a think about this with you. And then we look at uh, feeding back on lay English summaries and patient information sheets. So the kind of materials that are given to patients when they're thinking about getting involved in your research. So it can also mean redesigning the patient information sheet as a co-production or co-design element for the research and also helping you to make sure that your lay English summary makes sense to the, to the lay person and is not full of acronyms like we mentioned earlier or um, detailed and confusing medical jargon. It's often a different language that researchers use and I help support them think about their lay English summaries um, in their funding applications to make them much more accessible to patients and the public. Brilliant. So where does engagement fit into all of this then? So the other strand of what I do is patient and public engagement. And um, I mentioned earlier about coming full circle and having um, people involved in your research the whole way through. So engagement is often what happens um, at the end of research where information and knowledge is provided and disseminated to the patients and the public. So it can be something like a research open day or event. Um, um, back uh, pre-pandemic, we had our BRC Family Fund Days, the Biomedical Research Centre Family Fund Days, where researchers would actually explain what their research was about um, to patients and the public in fun and, um, and interactive ways. We also have Rare Disease Day every day and International Clinical Trials Day. So these are outward facing, meeting patients and the public and explaining your research in lay English terms. So you're engaging with people and it's a two-way dialogue. You can also think about speaking at an event about your research or holding a family day for disease-specific research. Uh, we're um, in the middle of planning a family day for the uh, Nori family day with some researchers, uh, hopefully this summer. 
And this could be an opportunity to speak to patients and their parent carers about new research ideas. So the involvement starts the process off again, um, in a sense. Uh, some researchers will speak at a conference on their research topic. Um, and you can think about whether a patient could attend with you. Could they co-present? Did you design a poster for the event with them? We have some of our parent carers who will be helping write papers with researchers. And again, this is co-production. And even things like today, podcasts and animations on your research is a way of engaging and reaching out to patients in the public about what you do. So engagement days are also a way of disseminating findings of your research. So thinking about the coming full circle, it's a way of actually saying, this is what came out of our research and reaching out to the public and patients to explain that to them. Brilliant. So why do you think that PPIE is important? Well, of course, I think it's really important. Um, the no research about me without me, um, we have to think about that when we think about patient and public involvement and about the relevance and benefit to the patient. Um, so why wouldn't you try and get their input, is my thinking. And coming back to the original messaging around the child first and always, patient and public involvement puts the patient at the centre of the research. Involving, involving the patient from the beginning is key. So a discussion recently with colleagues about this and um, someone said it should be routine, which in a way sounds a little bit like a tick box exercise. So we understand the demands on staff when planning and developing their research and that PPI needs to be proportionate to the scale of their project. But a message we want to get across is that PPI is there to help you. It really should be imperative to involve patients and parent carers in your research. So patients and parent carers are experts by experience, but don't forget the sibling voice or the voice of public young people for the youth voice in your research. And a lot of times people want to give back to GOSH and help future patients and their families. We work with a lot of young patients who say to me, even if this research doesn't affect me, if it helps patients in the future, then that's all that matters. And they want to be seen as partners on this journey with researchers. So I know that a lot of people are always really worried about making sure that they get the funding for their research. Obviously, that's a key anxiety. How do you think that PPIE and funding are linked and how can they help each other? So it's so important to think about your PPI at the beginning of your research application. And I know that sounds obvious, but I do get researchers coming to me sometimes and saying, oh, um, the application is ready to go in next week and we haven't actually thought too much about our PPI, but we will if we get the, the funding. And I say to them, you really need to think about your PPI at the beginning and to think about what plans you have to involve patients in the, in the future. The NIHR, the National Institute for Health Research, requires all applicants to demonstrate how they've made an effort to engage and involve patients and members of the public. And this is very important. This is a very important part of the research process. And it ensures that public funds are only used to support research that is fully considered the views of the public and relevant patient groups. So even if you feel your research is at a very early stage, you can indicate how you plan to involve patients and members of the public in future. And that's why I'm here. My role is to help support you with that. And, um, and it's so important that, uh, that you engage and involve patients and um, members of the public um, at the, in the early stages. Brilliant. I'm sure a lot of people will find that really helpful when planning for their applications. So um, what if people are a little bit stuck or worried about, you know, their PPIE involvement, um, who can they contact and uh, what advice would you give? 
So definitely um, get in touch with myself and um, we can have a Zoom one-to-one or a telephone call if you have Zoom fatigue or over email just to touch base. So you can get in contact with me through the research um, PPI um, email, which is research.ppi at gosh.nhs.uk or my own email, which um, is deirdre.laden at gosh.nhs.uk. And just to say also, Sarah, that we're developing a researcher handbook at the moment, which will be a sort of go-to to um, help people think about their costings and, um, and their involvement. And also this year, as part of our annual report, we'll be publishing some PPI impact case studies, which will be on the website to help people have a look at some um, research that has gone really well and has involved patients and the public from the early stages and throughout the research process just to give people an idea of some good practice that's that's out there. Brilliant. So that's all we have time for today on this podcast. We are going to be doing further PPIE and further research podcasts in this stream. So keep your eyes open and we hope to see you again soon on the next podcast. Thank you so much, Deirdre. Thank you. Thank you for listening to GOSH Pods. If you would like more information on courses and educational opportunities offered by GOSH Learning Academy, please visit the website at www.gosh.nhs.uk and search Learning Academy or follow us on Twitter at GOSH Learn Acad.